the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. I will begin in Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, and read to verse 23. Actually, I'm going to read 19 through 23 to kind of give us context. For it has pleased the Father that all the divine fullness, the sum total of the divine perfection, powers, and attributes should dwell in Him permanently, that is Christ. And God purposed that through, by the service, the intervention of Him, the Son, all things should be completely reconciled back to Himself, whether on earth or in heaven, as through Him the Father made peace by means of the blood of His cross. Yet now has Christ the Messiah reconciled you to God in the body of His flesh through death in order to present you holy and faultless and irreproachable in His, the Father's presence. And this He will do provided that you continue to stay with and in the faith in Christ, well grounded and settled and steadfast, not shifting or moving away from the hope which rests on and is inspired by the glad tidings, the gospel which you have heard and which has been preached as being designed for and offered without restriction to every person under heaven of which gospel I, Paul, became a minister. Okay, we've talked about verses 19 and 20. And what's going on there again is Paul is making clear the preeminence of Christ, that Christ alone is the only way to know God, to have relationship with God. Again, he is battling the infiltration of heresies in the Colossian fellowship that sought to make God distant and minimize Christ's role. And let me just say, the only way you can make God distant is to minimize Jesus. For he has brought us near into the very presence of the Father. Also, verse 19 tells us that in Christ the fullness of God dwells. Christ is the manifestation of the will of God. In every way, within Him, the will and the purposes of God are fulfilled. Now, I mentioned this last week. I'm going to say this again. In many ways, people have adopted this idea that God is... is is just tolerant of us. Father God tolerates us. And Jesus is constantly standing between His wrath and us. 
But I want you to understand in these verses what is being made perfectly clear is that Christ is the manifestation of the will of God. That He walks with not only the consent of the Godhead bodily, but with the union of the Godhead bodily within Him. And He is the fulfillment of the will of God. So what He is doing is not His own inclination. It's not done out of just His passion or compassion. It is done to fulfill the very heart of the Father. It was the heart of the Father to embrace you. It was the heart of the Father to bring you in. And He was able to do that through Christ. And the thing that you will see throughout the Bible, the truth of Jesus Christ, is that He is the manifestation of God Himself. He is in union with Him, and all that He does is the manifestation of His will. John 1.18 says, No man has ever seen God at any time. The only unique Son, or the only begotten God, who is in the bosom, in the intimate presence of the Father, has declared Him, has revealed Him, and brought Him out where He can be seen. He has interpreted Him and made Him known. Oh, there is so much in that one little verse. In that one verse, he speaks of the truth that through Christ, we are in the intimate presence of God. Intimate presence. That's not distant. And he has, he has made him known. And, and the, the Greek actually brings it out, has interpreted him. That means that Christ is the very revelation of God in all things. To know Christ is to know God. There is no other way. Jesus made the invisible God visible. He is the will of God made manifest. Verse 20, And God purposed that through, by the service, the intervention of Him, that's Jesus, the Son, all things should be completely reconciled back to Himself, that being Father God, whether on earth or in heaven, as through Him the Father made peace by means of the blood of His cross. Now, through Him... The Father, that is the Father working through Him, made peace back to Himself. Do you see that? Now we talked about this last week. The reconciliation is done. We are completely reconciled to God. But it is progressive in the life of man. Jesus fulfilled it all in His obedience unto death and in His resurrection unto life. His obedience to the will of the Father took the corruption and the sin of man to the cross and thereby affording forgiveness for all man. But here is the reality. We said this last week. Forgiveness is not enough. Forgiveness takes care of the fruit, but it doesn't take care of the root. What brought us fully reconciled before God was the death and the resurrection into newness of life. As we became new creations, it took a new birth. Jesus didn't just die. He was resurrected by the Father, bringing forth His resurrection in His resurrection life, the new creation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17-19. through 19. Now, go to that if you haven't gotten there already. These verses are so important because they speak of you. They're the truth of you. 
Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to Himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with Himself, and gave us to the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with Him. It was God. Look at this. It was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with Himself, not counting and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them and committing to us the message of reconciliation, of the restoration to favor. The child of God is completely reconciled through Christ, through the new birth. Jesus said you must be born again. This is what he's speaking of. We have a new life in Christ. And I said it was progressive, and I'm going to explain that to you. I want you to to understand that. We have a lot to look forward to as Christians. First, through Christ, the old man dies with Christ in order that the new creation, that is the new man, might be born. From death and separation to eternal life and intimate relationship with our God. We were resurrected with Him. Now you've heard this said many times in baptism. And listen, we get as bad as some of our other more orthodox brethren in that we repeat Scripture so often that it just kind of drones in our ears and we don't think about what we're talking about. But what I'm saying is that the day that you received Christ and were grafted into the vine, you became a new creation altogether altogether new that means you can no longer say that my history encumbers me because you became a new creation you no longer have that history you can't say that I am a victim any longer because you no longer have that victimization you are a new creation in Christ all things have become new behold all things have become new You cannot say that I am not equipped to love, to honor, to be the Christian that God has called me to be. Because that's exactly what you are. As a new creation in Christ, you are exactly made to order to be the man and woman of God, the child of God that He created you to be. You are of the new race. You are of the new Adam. You have completely wiped out the old you and have begun with the new you. Here's the reality. When you were born, you were born in the old Adam, and you had a little issue. This is why I said that he not only had to take care of the fruit, he had to take care of the root. And the way he did that is he took the root to the grave with him. You were born in the old Adam, you were born into sin. Now you might be able to correct your behavior, but you can never correct who you are. You are a sinner. You can't change that. Behavior never changes who you are. just makes you feel like somebody different. The reality is that you were born into sin and you are, you are in the person who you are. You are sin. 
Your very existence is part of sin. Do you understand that? Now, God forgave the fruit. Jesus died and He cleansed the fruit. But not only that, He took the root. Now when He took the root, He took who you were. And when He resurrected you, you became who you are. The root is gone. You cannot any longer stand before God and say, I can't. You cannot stand before God and say, I don't have it within me to love. I don't have it within me to be at peace. I don't have it within me to walk the Christian walk. I don't have it within me to be what you've called me to be. I don't have it within me to fit the bill in that Bible. I'm telling you that the new creation in Christ was uniquely designed for all of that. But here's the neat thing. The new creation in Christ wasn't just equipped to do work the new creation of Christ was equipped for relationship intimacy with the Father and through that intimacy work is no longer work it's relationship it's the birdhouse for those of you who don't recall the birdhouse is the picture of what obedience actually is when I call my son into the garage when he was young and ask him to help me build a birdhouse it wasn't because I couldn't build a birdhouse without him it wasn't because he's an expert birdhouse builder it's not because I wanted him to become an expert birdhouse builder it's because I wanted to spend time and share my life with him that's what obedience is It is God wanting to spend time and share His life with you. And listen, if you've got the idea that obedience is anything other than a blessing, you've been robbed. You have been robbed. It took more than forgiveness. It took a new creation. Now we'll go back to this progressive work of reconciliation. God reconciled us unto Himself. And now we have freedom before the throne. We can come into the intimate presence of our God. It's not only that we can come into His presence. That's figurative. The reality is that we are in His presence. We dwell in His presence. Now the enemy's work is not to get you out of the presence of God because he can't do that. That's just not possible. The enemy's work is to get you to believe that you're not there. You see, in these days, as we've said many times, the greatest work of the enemy is to keep you working for what you already have. To keep you deceived into seeking what he has already given you. To keep you miserable and focused on anything but Jesus. The second thing is first we're born through Christ and the old man dies. And then from death and separation to eternal life and intimate relationship with God. Second, one day we're going to die. That may be a disappointment, but it's true. If the rapture doesn't happen, guess what? This stuff wears out. It has a limited shelf life. And eventually the warranty gives out and it's done. Okay? The old body of sin dies so that the new creation can have a new body. We were reconciled in the body from death to eternal life and freedom from the last vestige of sin. Because when you were saved and became a new creation, you didn't change your earth suit. So what is left in the inclination towards sin is left in the body. 
But one day you're going to shed the body. 1 Corinthians 15, 42-43 says, So it is with the resurrection from the dead. The body that is sown is perishable and decays. But the body that is resurrected is imperishable, immune to decay, and immortal. Now I want you to remember that. Immune to decay and immortal. It is sown in dishonor and humiliation. It is raised in honor and glory. It is sown in infirmity and weakness. It is resurrected in strength and endued with power. Now, it is sown in infirmity and weakness. The bottom line is that sin has infected the body since Adam. So the body is deteriorating. The body, everything that sin touches, dies. For the wages of sin is death, right? That's why marriage doesn't work apart from God. That's why relationships don't work apart from God. That's why everything, regardless of how the world terms it, it calls it prosperity, you watch it eat people alive. Because sin will always bring about death. Well, sin brings about death, and the last vestige of sin dies with the body. Then Christ will reconcile the heavens and the earth back to God. Romans 8, 20 and 21. For the creation nature was subjected to frailty, to futility, condemned to frustration, not because of some intentional fault on its part, but by the will of him who so subjected it, yet with the hope that nature, creation itself, will be set free from its bondage to decay and corruption and gain an entrance into the glorious freedom of God's children. The full reconciliation. All things before God. All things embraced by God. It always starts with a death and it ends with a life. You've got a lot to look forward to. That's why I say when you look at this nation and you look at the deterioration of things, you can say, you know what, it's headed for the grave. You can look at this world and say, you know what, it's headed for the grave. But the reality is that it's headed for the grave and resurrection life. Resurrection life. Resurrection life in the body. Resurrection life in the, in the heavens and the earth. You've got a lot to look forward to. But we serve the God of the now, don't we? The I am. You see, the scripture speaks of salvation as being an ever-present need. That we are being continually saved. This resurrection life is the rescuing of our lives day to day, moment by moment. Resurrection life in our marriage. Resurrection life in our jobs. Resurrection life in our relationships. Resurrection life in our lives and our living, moment by moment. Because here's the reality of how the Christian walk goes. Sin punishes sin. And in every area of our life, as we live out life, as we go from day to day, we see the deterioration caused by sin. We see the wreckage caused by sin. And when we look away from God, we begin to hope that these things won't happen. And we begin to pray that it won't happen. Oh Lord, don't let that, don't let this happen. Don't let that happen. Oh Lord, listen. God's going to allow 
as much revelation of the condition of sin in your life and in your life circumstances as it takes for you to change your focus from trying to draw life from the things around you to back to Him who is your life. That's what He does. And it's not anything new. It's a general principle. Apart from Him, it's death. Given to Him, it's life. Do you know that Paul found life in a Roman jail? Wow. Do you know Paul found life under the whip? Do you know Stephen found life in the face of a stoning? Do you know that every persecution in the Word of God, the object of that persecution, those men of God who stood in truth, who were being harassed, who were being persecuted by the world, in the midst of it they found life? Well, what does that tell you? We don't need to despair. We don't need to try to to wait for the rapture. We don't need to live to the end. We need to live now in the truth that God has life for us in this moment. Then we get to verse 20 that I just read for you. Colossians, it says, And God purposes that through, by the service and the intervention of Him, the Son, all things should be completely reconciled back to Himself, whether on earth or in heaven, as through Him the Father made peace by means of the blood of His cross. And you ask yourself, reconciled from what? And you go to verse 21 and it says, And although you were at one time estranged, alienated from Him, and were hostile, attitude of mind in your wicked activities now Paul is talking to believers so he's speaking in past tense but the reason we had to be reconciled is exactly what I told you before we were born in sin it wasn't just our activity it was our nature we were enemies to God and contrary to worldly philosophy the bottom line is there is no inherent goodness in man apart from God there isn't The only thing that makes a man conform to what we might call civility is, first of all, the presence of the Spirit of God. The presence of the Spirit of God suppresses wickedness. Your very presence as a Christian in in any given situation will suppress wickedness. Did you know that? He said, well, I'm not seeing that. Well, I'm telling you, you don't know how bad it'd be if Christ wasn't present in you. You don't have any idea. Did you know that what is suppressing wickedness from completely collapsing on top of us is the presence of God's people and the Spirit of God in them? You know why the tribulation is going to be so bad, don't you? Because we'll be out of here. And with us, the Spirit of God. There will be nothing suppressing wickedness at that point. At that point, it will be a field day for the enemy. We were hostile in mind. That's an interesting thing because it says we were enemies. It implies we're enemies and hostile in mind. And this is the thing you've got to know about this. We were enemies and we were hostile. Now that's not passive. That is aggressive. What he is basically saying that apart from Christ there is an aggressive wickedness in man and his thoughts and his actions. Romans 8 Verses 6 and 7 says, Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Apart from God, the mind of man is what? Death. 
it will lead to death, it will guide you to death, it has nothing but death to look forward to. What does that tell you about following a lost man around? Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forevermore. That is because the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to God. For it does not submit itself to the God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Look at that. It cannot. It cannot. That is why we don't come to God through the mind, through reason. We cannot. We come to God through revelation. You know, many, many people try to know God through their intellect. You cannot. We know God through the very life and presence of Christ, through the very wisdom of the Spirit of God. God is wisdom. In that, we have the revelation of who He is. But we cannot know Him through intellect. We can know about Him. And that's not good enough. Did knowing about God ever save you from anything? I mean, be honest, did it really? You can have all the scriptures memorized and be in the midst of turmoil and they not bring a single bit of comfort to you. Memorization, knowing about, doesn't do it for you. It takes a presence. It takes Jesus. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life, moment by moment and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.